It almost seems like we're so fascinated with monsters and things that go bump in the night because we're truly trying to suppress the real monsters, human beings. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories sent to me in the month of May that don't fit my usual videos. This series has been a new series that have been running since the start of 2021 to try to share more stories that normally wouldn't make it onto the show. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Dear Swamp Dweller, Firstly, I would like to say that you are one of my favorite horror narration channels. This story is true, and it is probably the scariest thing to ever happen to me. The more people that hear this story, the better. I do not want others making the same dumb decisions as myself. I hope you all enjoy it. For context, we are female. When this happened back in mid-February 2020, my friends and I were all 15 years old. This story takes place in Italy on a school trip we went on. The trip itself was alright, but being the dumb teenagers we are, we decided to push the boundaries. Our school booked us into an average hotel, low budget. So one night, two of my friends asked if we wanted to go sneak out with them during the night and go to a nearby beach. I am generally quite sensible, but they kept persuading me until I finally gave in. We would only get one opportunity to do this, right? So, we all waited till about 1am, messaging each other when to leave our rooms and meet up in the corridor. It was only three of us, so we did not want anyone else to know as they might snitch on us. Looking back at it now, this was probably a reckless decision considering the events that would unfold in the hours to come and how that night could have ended. The teachers were sleeping in rooms opposite of ours, so we had to be so quiet as to not get caught. I can remember still how worried I was that we would be caught and that they would ring my parents. If you could not already tell, I am generally quite anxious, so I avoid breaking rules most of the time. This night was obviously an exception. We were successful though and managed to sneak our way to the lobby. For whatever reason, no one was at the front desk, so we hurried through the lobby and out the front door, not waiting around to get caught. None of us knew Italian, so this was probably one of the dumbest things we could have done. We walked for about two miles down to the beach, all smug thinking we had pulled off our perfectly devised plan. The streets were completely empty, not surprising considering that this was 1am, but it did not stop that anxious feeling in the back of my mind. I knew that we were doing something that would get us in trouble if we were caught. We had to walk down hundreds of steps to get to the beach. Plenty of time to reconsider our actions, but we were stupid and kept going. Something I regret now, to this very day. The beach was quite beautiful. It was a full moon that night and the beach was lit up in a beautiful soft light. We had the whole place to ourselves. We messed around for 10 minutes or so, and then my friends said they wanted to go to the sea. I was adamant about not going in, despite their protest, so they told me to keep an eye on their stuff. We had only brought a few jackets in our phones. 
They rolled up their trousers and went knee-deep into the sea. I started filming them and taking pictures. The others would be so jealous, I remember thinking. Just wait till they see these photos. They spent about five minutes splashing around in the cold ocean before they came back onto the beach and started stripping off more. I could not believe it. They were going to go swimming. They had the genius idea to go in their underwear. I could not stop laughing at this point. Looking back at it now, I should have persuaded them not to. I did not understand the gravity of the situation we would soon be in. They both ran towards the waves and jumped in at the same time, screaming and giggling in the freezing water. I stood on the shore laughing and filming them. Whilst guarding their things, I got this eerie feeling of being watched. I can only put it down to instinct. Naturally, I put my guard up and I looked around. I am so glad I did because God knows what would have happened if I did not notice them. There were two men sitting, maybe 30 meters away from us or so in the dark. I cannot be sure, as I only noticed them for a second or so before turning back around. But it really looked like one of the men was holding his phone up and filming us. My stomach dropped. I called both of my friends. They must have noticed the tone of my voice was completely shaken despite my best efforts to be discreet. They walked up to the sand towards me, dripping wet and freezing cold. I told them the two men were sitting behind us watching us and filming us. I had never seen them so scared. That is when the trepidation hit us. No one knew where we were. They had no idea we were here. As far as everyone was concerned, we were fast asleep in our hotel rooms. These men could easily take us down, kidnap us, do whatever. No one would ever know. I whispered to my friends that we needed to leave right now. I told them to not bother getting dressed, just grab their stuff and leave as inconspicuously as possible. They agreed with no hesitation. At this point, I was just worried. The men must have known that we saw them. Despite our best efforts, nothing could conceal the raw fear we felt and probably looked too. As we approached the steps, I make a quick glance behind us. A sweat broke out on my forehead. The men were now slowly walking towards us. Fight or flight kicked in and I shouted at my friends to run. Barefoot and soaked, they scrambled up the steps as quickly as they could. We ran and ran and kept pushing and pushing. I did not look behind me for fear of knowing how close they could be. We did not stop once we reached the top of the steps and onto the pavement. We were running on pure adrenaline at this point. Our legs burned. I looked down to see both my friend's feet were bloody, but they did not stop at one point. We did not stop running until the hotel was in sight. I turned around again, and to my relief, I could not see the men. We walked through the entrance to the hotel. This time, however, there was a man at the front desk. He started speaking in Italian. We did not understand him, so we kept walking, my friends leaving bloody footprints through the lobby. Once we reached the corridor, we made a mutual vow to never tell anyone about that night, and we all went back to our rooms. The man at the front desk must have told our teachers that he saw us at 3am walking through his hotel lobby leaving bloody footprints everywhere, because that morning I woke up to a loud banging on our door. For the sake of the story, I will call her Miss Smith. Miss Smith was shouting at everyone, asking who it was that left last night. Of course, everyone was confused and did not dare speak up. Neither did my friends. After several speeches made about the severity of our actions and how they were going to find out who it was, I was terrified. My two friends finally spoke up and admitted it was them. Thankfully, they left my name out of it, which I will forever be grateful for. The teachers were furious, as you can imagine. Both my friends received phone calls home and they had to delete all pictures taken that night. 
The teachers wanted all the evidence deleted as it reflected badly on them because in their care, we did something so reckless, they were just concerned about, you know, losing their job. My friends didn't really argue because they were still protecting my name in all of this and they did not want the teachers asking for the photos so they just obliged. I always think back to how that night could have ended, how terribly wrong it could have gone, and despite it being one of the dumbest things I've ever done. I'm glad I was there though. Who knows what would have happened to my friends if I wasn't there looking out for them. So I moved into this new flat in November of 2020. It is built at the back of my landlord's house right against the back of his house. It is the perfect place for me as I just started my new career, and I am fresh out of university, and my job is awfully close by. It is a two-room flat with one being the bedroom and the bathroom, and the other being the kitchen area. So to get to my story of rather suspicions, my landlord seems like an okay guy. He's a bit young to own a house, but normal enough. But there are some things that have caught my interest. At first, while I was settling in and getting used to the new area, I come from a province very far away from where my new flat is, and it is a lot more rural than I'm used to. So, I have a lot of new roads and stuff to learn. I notice that he exercises a lot, or a lot from my perspective anyway. He is super fit. When I mentioned that I would like to go running and hiking and stuff, he gave me pre-measured routes for running and maps all over the nature preserves around here. He told me where one can go hiking, which I guess is not that weird, but sometimes he exercises with a bulletproof vest and full combat clothing and boots, and that's a bit weird. He does everything himself. He fixes everything himself, and he works in the garden and goes on long walks like a machine. Oh, yes, and this is very weird. Sometimes he sits on his porches outside and burns papers in the barbecue and has a drink while the papers burn while he puts more on top of it. Almost as if he was having a private party all by himself. Because I have to move past his house to get to my flat in the back sometimes, I see more than what I'm supposed to, I guess. I've seen my landlord moving through his house more than one time with a gun, and it looks like he is training for something. I have also seen him lying behind his gun looking through the telescope and playing with the gun. I have seen him get up from the bushes in the garden. I didn't even know he was there. I think he spent the whole night out there in the garden behind the gun doing who knows what. I have seen him busy doing what looks like practicing survival skills, making fires without lighters and chopping wood, making rope and stuff like that. All types of tarpaulin type stuff. All these strange things he just gets up to don't really add up. My landlord also spends a lot of time in what he calls his workshop just doing stuff, building stuff. You can hear all sorts of machines running and stopping and grinding and hammering and this murmuring coming from him. I would love to get in there and see what's actually going on. My landlord also has a private office that he spends a lot of time in and no one is allowed in there except for himself. It is kept locked at all times and even has an extra security gate on the door. My landlord also always carries a pistol with him everywhere he goes, and a pocket knife. He even goes running with them. Sometimes, when he gets ready for work, he dresses very professionally, and still has his pistol with him. Even though you cannot see it, he looks like a normal person going into an office job, but he is strapped to the gills under it. He carries this military-type backpack with him everywhere, and you can see it is definitely heavy. There are definitely some bullets hanging off the side of it as well. It's not that big. 
maybe the size of a small laptop bag. I have also seen my landlord loading and unloading his truck. It is a small old truck that used to be very popular in the area we live. Anyway, he loads gun bags and massive backpacks that seem to be very heavy, and he is usually gone for the whole day, sometimes the weekend. When he comes back he is all tired and sometimes sunburned and looks like he has been through hell. I have this preconception of a hitman from the movies, and my landlord only slightly fits into that stereotype, but as far as I could see, besides for the fact that he shows little emotion and his eyes mostly seem like they are hiding a lot of hurt and strange behavior, they also change from gray to green to some sort of brown depending on his mood. I don't know if this is something that happens to a lot of people, but it's kind of weird to me. All I can do is send in this story of this very strange thing that I'm dealing with. I would like to share more of what happens in the future, but I would also like to know what people think. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, or maybe, just maybe, my landlord's doing something more extracurricular. A couple of years ago, I was working at a Target and heard stories about trafficking in the store. I personally did not believe that because I am from upstate New York and that is unusual. So I kind of shrugged it off as no big deal. After I clocked out for the night, it may have been around 4 or 5 p.m. I think, I wanted to get a few groceries. I noticed these two girls who were wearing dresses and looked like they were pretending to shop. They stopped me and asked me if I went to church. I told them I have not gone since I was a kid. They started talking about how they have a church group or something and I should go. I also noticed there was a weird guy standing in one of the aisles just looking at them, just kind of listening in. At this point, I'm thinking, I just wanted to grab my groceries and go home, but the girls would not just let me walk away. They said I could follow them to their group down the road and attend a class if I liked to see it. I told them politely that I was not interested. One of the girls looked a little strange, and something told me that this was not right. So to get them to leave me alone, I told them to give me the address and maybe I will visit. They did not really give me an address, they just told me it was on a street. I walked away feeling a little weirded out. I also saw them approaching other women. As I was checking out, I told my fellow co-workers about the two girls and the dude and what they were saying. They told the manager on duty and they had security do a checkout. Thankfully... Our cart attendant walked me out to my car. The next day or two after, I get to work and see a cop car. I was told that a couple was shopping, and the wife was approached by two people who gave them the same speech I got. The husband knew something was wrong and he told the manager. They called the cops. Unfortunately, the two people left the store and the cops filed their report. A few hours later we found out that there was a group of people targeting targets and Walmarts and such and trying to traffic people from those locations. The story changes when they approach women, but it's always at least two people. They are visiting the stores to approach women in the daylight and nighttime. So please be aware of your surroundings no matter where you are. I am glad that I followed my gut. Even though I do not work there anymore, I carry my tactical flashlight in my purse wherever I go. Unfortunately, in New York, mace and tasers are illegal. I did not think it could happen here, but it did. I now do pick up for my groceries instead of shopping.
After receiving my bachelor's degree, I wanted to take some time to see the world before settling down in a career. I ended up taking a job as an English teacher in South Korea. I love the adventure of being alone in an entirely different culture on the other side of the world. However, as a young, blonde, white woman, I received a lot of unwanted attention from the men there, who tended to fetishize foreign women and disrespect boundaries. However, I was strong, trained in martial arts, and was comfortable in my ability to defend myself, so I did not let it get to me all that much. One night, however, I had a close call. I was heading home from work after dark, walking several blocks home to my apartment. This night, however, something was different. I soon became aware of footsteps behind me that followed me the entire way. It could just be a coincidence, I thought. There was always people walking on the sidewalks anyway, but this just felt off. I made it to my apartment, which was on the third floor of a small building above a Chinese restaurant. There were only about nine apartments in total in the building, so the fact that the footsteps continued to follow me as I entered the building and climbed the stairs made it less likely that this was a coincidence. Whatever, I thought. If the dude wants trouble, he's going to find it. I continued up my apartment, unlocked it, and went in. I did not bother locking it because, as I always did, I was only coming in to change into my tennis shoes and get my dog to take her out for a walk. My dog was a rather large Alaskan Malamute. Like me, she stood out like a sore thumb in this city because most everyone else owned a cute little toy breed, usually Pekingese or Shih Tzus or something like that. When I walked to Yori, people often let out a scream and ran to the other side of the street. Anyway, upon entering my apartment, I removed my work shoes, got Hiori, and went back to the door to put on my sneakers. As I bent to put them on, I leaned against the door to balance and fell through, as the man who had been following me was opening it. Not expecting me to stumble out with a monster dog, the man looked shocked and frightened. He grabbed his keys out of his pocket and went over to my neighbor's door, pretending to fumble them to try to open it. I gave him a look as if to say, yeah, freaking right, locked my door and took Yori down the steps outside. Once I made it outside, I crossed the street and hid behind a car. Sure enough, within just a few seconds, the man, my supposed neighbor, emerged from the building, looking around for a while and then left. He had clearly spotted me walking home and saw his opportunity to follow me and break in and attack me. Had I not leaned against the door, at that very moment, he would have burst in and attempted to proceed with his plans. This incident shook me, but I never let this one or the other incidents bother me too much or stop me from doing what I wanted to do or go where I wanted to go. I just go prepared ready to act, and the next time a guy makes a bad decision like that, it's gonna be felt. For the past year or so, I've been noticing that things around me don't seem normal anymore. I continue to have this overwhelming sense that everything is fake, in a way almost dreamlike. I've even kicked around the idea that I may have died already and I'm in some sort of state of purgatory. I recently took my family on a weekend getaway to Seattle. Being a couple hundred miles away from our home in Selo, Washington, it's an easy trip for my wife and I to manage with our two kids. One is 11 and the other is four months old. Over the course of our weekend excursion, I experienced a few things that I found to be odd and left me feeling a bit uneasy. The first occurrence was trivial enough. 
but it sort of set the tone for the eeriness of the weekend. I was gazing out of the window of our hotel room on the 12th floor, sipping a cup of coffee, when I noticed a plastic bag drifting in the wind. I watched the bag bounce around and dance in the air as it slowly descended. A green dumpster 12 stories below caught my eye and I immediately thought, what if the bag floated all the way down there and landed in that dumpster? I stood at the window for five minutes or so watching this bag slowly float towards the ground, gliding left, right, back, and forth. The more I watched the bag, the more confident I became that it would find its way into the dumpster. And it did. This bag that I noticed off in the distance drifted 12 freaking stories and perfectly navigated its way into the dumpster below my building. Later that day, I was in the hotel lobby approaching the elevator to head up to my room. In front of me, there was a man with two children waiting for the elevator as well. The man had a guitar case strapped to his back along with an amplifier and various other bags. His back was to me, and he had a hoodie on. For some reason, I thought to myself, what if that's Ed? Ed was a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in years. We used to work at an olive garden together in our younger days. We also played guitar together and did a fair amount of partying. Now, here's the weird part. And my wife thinks I'm freaking crazy, but bear with me. The weird part was how confident I was that this guy was going to turn around and it would be Ed. The same confidence, almost certainty, I would say, that I had in the trash bag flying into the dumpster. The elevator doors opened and the man and his two children walked inside. As the man turned around to enter the floor, on the elevator button console, it should not have been Ed that I recognized, but you guessed it, it was Ed. We were both thrilled to see each other, and even held the door open to chat for a moment, hindering other folks in the process. Even as this was all occurring though, I couldn't shake this feeling that this isn't real. It's a very difficult thing to describe, but things just didn't feel natural. Later, that evening, my 11-year-old son and I were on the balcony outside of our hotel room. He was peering over the edge when he suddenly whimpered out underneath his breath, that poor guy. When I asked him who he was talking about, he said, that bumblebee on the ground next to the dumpster, he's dead. We were on the 12th floor like I mentioned earlier. There is no way this kid could see a dead bumblebee on the ground floor. Not to mention the alleged bee was laying next to the dumpster that was the manifested landing zone for the floating trash bag. We argued a bit over whether or not he could see the bee when he finally convinced me to go down and take a look. As we made our way down to the street level, my thought process shifted. The same confidence that I had previously regarding the trash bag and Ed was back. Although I didn't mention it to my son, I was becoming increasingly certain that this bee would be here. And, well, it was. It was right freaking there. Right next to the green dumpster. The next evening, I took my family to a place called Gameworks. It's very similar to Dave and Buster's or an adult version of Chuck E. Cheese. I placed our keys, wallets, and other important stuff into our backpack, and we carried it into the establishment. We spent a couple of hours playing games before finally counting our tickets and claiming prizes at the prize booth. We pocketed the prizes and went down the block to the Cheesecake Factory for dinner. After being seated for a few moments, my wife realizes that I do not have the backpack on. The backpack containing all of our money, credit cards, car keys, and not to mention food and supplies for our four-month-old baby. The bizarre thing is that I have no recollection of ever taking the bag off. Apparently, I did because it was gone but I could have sworn up and down that I never took it off. I immediately go into panic mode, leap up from the table, and take off towards the Gameworks establishment. I run inside, dart around frantically for about a minute or two with the bag nowhere in sight. Finally, I calm down and focus. After breathing and focusing for a moment, I am greeted with the same confidence that I mentioned before. 
I was confident I would not leave that place without my bag. At that moment, a man approached me waving his arms in the air and calling me by my first name. He said, here, Cody, I've got your bag, man. Now get back to the Cheesecake Factory and enjoy your dinner. I was awestruck and definitely beside myself at that moment. As I had no freaking clue who this man was or how he knew my name or where I was eating dinner. I didn't even think to question the man. I just reached out, grabbed the bag and left. This might seem coincidental to a lot of you, but these are just recent examples of how my life unfolds daily. Either I am a walking conduit of coincidence or something larger is at play. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but things are definitely not as they used to be. I don't know exactly how or why, but they just aren't. Things just don't seem real. I was 16 years old when me and my friends, who I will call Evan and Jake, wanted to rent a hotel for the night since it was spring break. We got to the hotel and checked in. It had a funky smell but we still stayed there. Once we got to our room, it was about 3 p.m., so we decided to go swimming. The pool was downstairs, separated from the hotel. Once we got to the entrance, there was a man at least six foot three in all black with a hood covering his face facing us. I panicked a little bit, but not out loud. We got into the pool and swam for a few hours until we saw the man again, all black sitting on a chair by the pool. I cleared my throat. Um, can I help you, sir? I asked. No response. I still was a little paranoid. I put my face in the water at the bottom of the pool. There was another black figure, with all black. I screamed like a little girl and ran for the door. I looked back and saw nothing. Not the guy in the chair or the guy under the pool. My friends thought I might just be seeing things, but I saw what I saw as clear as water. I definitely did not feel like swimming anymore so I decided to go get dinner at a nearby restaurant. I got a table for me and my friends to sit at, and there again, I saw the man in all black on the other side of the dining room. He was staring at me. I had enough at this point. I went over there and I lost track of him and he took off. After, we ate and I decided that this trip has gone too far. We should leave in the morning, but my friends did not like that idea. Sometime around 10.30 that night, me and my friends doze off in our hotel room. I woke up to some strange noises. I saw the shadow of a figure at the end of my bed. I calmed myself down and told myself that it was just my hat. But I was getting thirsty as well, so I reached under the bed to try to grab my water bottle. But I grabbed something, and I was totally shocked by what I grabbed. It was my hat. I was not ever more scared in my life than at that moment. I could not help but scream at the top of my lungs when I heard a voice next to my ear say, You're next. I jumped out of bed and realized it was two men, right there, in all black. I tried to fight them, but it was no use once they grabbed me and dragged me out of the room. I tried to scream, but the guy was covering my mouth. I passed out and woke up in a stretcher. It turned out those guys knifed me while I was passed out and someone caught them. But the doctor said no one could catch the guys who got me. To this day, I have a nightlight at night, and I'm not ashamed or scared to admit that. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories sent in during the month of May.
If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps out the show a lot. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating as that helps me a ton over there. It's very much appreciated. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode. I upload them almost every single day, in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's with a stalker or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I am currently looking for some more truck driver horror stories and some ghost hunting horror stories. I'd love to see what stories you have to share. Once again, that's swampdweller.net. If you're on the go, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories wherever you go, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And like I said, it's absolutely free and always will be. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially checking out the podcast and giving it a 5-star rating, maybe check out the merch store. I have everything from t-shirts, to face masks, to hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys rocking some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.